everyone. Welcome to the Delta Flyers with Tom and Harry as we journey through episodes of Star Trek Voyager. Your two hosts along this journey are myself, Garrett Wong, and my co-host, Mr. Robert Duncan McNeil. Well, hello. Hello there, sir. How hello. are you? I'm good. How are you? You all right? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. The weather has changed. Winter has arrived. It's definitely cold, cold, cold. What's the temperature? I don't know what it is. Is it below today. freezing? I mean, we're in, we're in Vancouver, okay. uh, you know, and BC, which is a little more mild than the rest of Canada, for sure. That's true. I don't know. I'd say it's probably in the 40s or 50s here. Okay. You know, but pretty consistently, it's like coat weather, gloves outside. Calgary's at 33 degrees right now. Oh, yeah. So we're lower for than you. you. Yeah. Colder. <laughs> <laughs> Colder for me, but not so bad for you. The yeah. more temperate climate of Vancouver. But, you know, I'm excited about this time of year because you mm. feel the holidays coming and there is that, you know, really important holiday tradition of the Delta Flyers Christmas episode. Oh, my coming. gosh. Do you remember so. how nervous I was about that? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> I can't, I remember here I am. I'm texting Robbie. I'm like, I don't think I can do this, man. He's like, we'll be fine. He's texting me back. I'm like, I don't know. I'm really nervous. What if we don't? What if we can't think of anything? What if we? And it was it was absolutely fine. He was right. <laughs> but I was so nervous. I was like, you were. No. You wanted to plan it all out. I'm like, no, I did. I was like, we see where we go. It's going to be fun. I know. Here I am trying to make this a like a, a official planned out meeting. I'm like, we need bullet points. We need to have a structure. We need to, we need to outline. We need we yeah. need to sketch all that. You probably like, nah. We're just going to wing gonna it. It's going to be funny. It's going to yeah. be funny. It'll be great. I'm like, no. I was. It's so a very nervous. important holiday tradition now. It is. Yes. <laughs> I can't wait to hear it. Yeah, it should be fun. We'll right? see what happens. It's going to okay. be, fun. it's always fun. All right. Uh, what's this week's episode? This week is Hunters. Hunt- oh. Hunters. Yes, Hunters. yes, yes. Hunters. I'm so excited about this uh, episode. All right. So why don't we go watch this and we will come right back and discuss, recap, and uh, talk about everything that we remembered about this episode. Hey, everybody. Robbie and I are back from watching Hunters. 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 Yes, collecting relics. They collect relics. Relic. Hey, here's a question. Such a creepy, creepy. It is. It is. We know that Tiny Ron is the main Mm -hmm. Alpha Herogen here, but yet I didn't see opening credits. And I didn't see end credits. You're saying definitely there should be some end credits there, right? We had this I would discussion for a second so. before. We started. This is a this is like a SAG union rule. You can't have a an actor delivering lines. And Can not I ask put, you this? Could yeah. it be because they're wearing the masks, yeah. it is somebody else's voice? Yes, that's All absolutely right. possible. Okay, I thought of that too. When I jumped into the IMDB, Tony Todd's name was on this episode. And I thought, okay, well, that makes sense. Tony Todd has that very low resident voice. You know, his voice uh-huh. is so low. Maybe he did the voiceover. For Tiny yeah. Ron's character, so therefore Tiny Ron's name was not in the beginning of the episode. Maybe. maybe. Right? Yeah, maybe they didn't know how big or small these Herogen were going to turn out to be. And so they just thought, oh, we can cast somebody who just wears a suit and then we'll loop in somebody else acting. Maybe. That's what I'm thinking. Because yeah, that's a smart idea. Yeah. Well, first of all, let's pay a little bit of uh, tribute to mm-hmm. Tiny Ron, who passed away 
November oh. 20, yes, November 28th, 2019, at the age of 72 in Santa Clarita, California. He passed away. Ronald Taylor was his birth name. And this is interesting enough. When Taylor applied to the Screen Actors Guild, he learned that the name Ron Taylor was already in use by another actor. And so his acting teacher suggested that he use Tiny Ron, figuring that in a niche category populated by actors with such screen names as Andre the Giant, the name Tiny Ron would stand out. Mm-hmm. Which it does. I mean, you can't totally forget does. Tiny Ron for a seven foot tall actor slash stuntman slash yeah. performer, right? Um, same thing with the other guest star who played the Beta Herogen. The Beta Herogen was played by Roger Morrissey, also equally tall. I'm guessing he was probably 6'10 or 6'11, mm-hmm. maybe an inch or two shorter than Tiny wow. was. Uh, Morrissey is also credited as a, as a stuntman and an actor. And I guess Tiny Ron's name on this is Alpha Herogen Idrin, I-D-R-I-N. Yeah, I, I did a little research on that too. I just yeah. called it Herogen 1 and Herogen 2 as I was mm-hmm. watching. I didn't, I didn't ever hear them use a name but when i did a little uh looking into the episode after we watched it yeah i saw that idrin maybe he comes back or gets re- you know named later and then you know maybe there's some story do, do you think it's possible think... that you can come back from a black hole though <laughs> yeah exactly that. i don't know yeah <laughs> or maybe it's in a flashback or something like that or maybe they talk about him it's possible. They you know what be. I mean? Yeah. Because I do remember like him. I thought he was on the set more than once. I did too. I really That's do. what I'm saying. Like, yeah. But, it's very but possible. You're absolutely right. Because of that, the mouth being covered. Yeah. You could. And, and these aliens dress alike, look mm-hmm. very similar. Mm-hmm. Tiny Ron could end up playing a bunch of different characters. And this one, maybe we refer to as Idrin, but right. Tiny Ron could maybe play a bunch and just revoice them with different voiceovers. Yeah, I'm going to call it the Vader effect, as in the Darth Vader mm-hmm. effect, because mm-hmm. David Prowse played the physical manifestation of Darth Vader. He wore the helmet, the cape, but mm-hmm. we all know that voice is James Earl Jones and not David Prowse. Mm-hmm. So it's very possible mm-hmm. that, you know, exactly. <laughs> Tiny didn't do his own voice, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, I want to say that I honestly, I never saw what Tiny ron looked like while we were filming um i recall at the end of a day i saw him and i said you know tiny you get here before i do and you leave well after the time that i leave so i never get to see what you really look like under all that armor and and prosthetics you know Mm -hmm. you know i have no clue and he looks at me he says I'm a five foot two black man underneath all this is what he said to me. He said that to me. And I said, that is pretty funny, actually, because we have no clue what he looks like underneath. Let's start this thing off with our poetry synopsis. Here you go. Here's my haiku for hunters. Message from Starfleet. Herogen take away team. Black hole saves the day. There you go. I love the haiku. There's just a beauty to its simplicity. It is so simple. It makes me happy. Oh. All right, let's hear your let's hear your <laughs> complex go. limerick. Here we go. Complex <laughs> limerick goes a little something like this. Yes. Silver paint on the face means something bad. Letters from home make the crew really sad. Good and bad news. Waiting gives Harry the blues. Janeway got dumped, but Chakotay's not mad. 
I'm sorry. Bam, I try bam. to I try to stay silent through the entire <laughs> thing, but I I kept doing <laughs> making weird like <laughs> fart sounds, but I was Those, repressing my laughter. Your laughter. I saw you. It, yes. I saw I could see you. All the was being pushed down so yes, that you couldn't. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah. All right. Oh, good job. Good job. Thank you. Okay. Thank you yes. very much. You're welcome, the Robbie old, slash Rebecca. The <laughs> old limerick times. <laughs> yes. All right. So this was uh, an episode written by Jerry Taylor. Yes. Which I did not remember. I don't remember that I, either. You know, if, if someone had asked me before we did this rewatch and recap, you know, when did Jerry Taylor, Michael Pillar and Jerry Taylor leave the show? I would mm-hmm. have said Michael Pillar left in season two at some point and Jerry Taylor left in season three. Wow. And I felt like they were both gone and, and they both stuck around much longer than I remember. Okay. Uh, but Jerry Taylor deep into season four mm-hmm. surprises me. Yeah. Um, David Livingston directed this episode. Yeah. Uh, which... You know, David did some of our some of our best episodes, I have to admit. You know, he really mm. did. He fit the genre and the franchise of Star Trek at this point in time. His tastes and his instincts were really dead on. Like he shot yeah. some beautiful stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You want to start this recap? Where we're yeah, at? here we go. So the episode opened with uh, some very cool space shots, I have yes. to say. I really? love the oh. shots. Like beautiful. Just, yeah, yeah, they leveled up here in terms of the production yeah. value, some beautiful mm-hmm. space shots. And we yeah. hear this sort of garbled message yes. over the space shots. We can't really make any sense of it. It's bits and pieces of words, maybe hard to tell. Yeah. And we go on the bridge and everyone's listening to this. Yeah. And Harry says, I'm going to try to reprocess this. And it turns out these messages are from Starfleet Command. Right. Harry reprocesses these back together and can only get a little piece of basically them saying, you know, this is Starfleet command. We're going to send you some information. It's very important. And that's all you kind of cuts off. It's not a complete message. Right. And Mm -hmm. we realize that the rest of the message is stuck in the relay station, Mm -hmm. which is Herogen owned. And we already know that, but uh, this is still something that Janeway's like, look, we can't not go check this out. We need to download or we need to be able to access the rest of this information. We need to know. This could Mm -hmm. be an important uh, message from Starfleet in telling us how to get back home, maybe, or who Mm -hmm. knows, right? Mm -hmm. So that is what drives this episode, that we need to get the rest of this information. Yeah. And then we go over to this Herogen ship, we realize, but Mm -hmm. the shot starts on these skulls and bones and things and we reveal we're on a herogen ship there's a couple herogen this is where we first see tiny ron again Mm -hmm. and his buddy and uh, he says they pick up voyager's presence and he says let's intercept this ship yeah well they pick up the message they ask where's that message from and then beta herogen Mm -hmm. says far away from another part of the galaxy okay so then where is it being sent to uh, a ship that's approaching one of our relay stations. And that's when the yes. intercept course happens, right? That's when the and intercept course happens. And this he puts action, the paint on. The paint, yeah. Very, yeah. It, yeah. Like that to me was very reminiscent of indigenous cultures when they put on war paint mm-hmm. before they go to war. But mm-hmm. clearly this is something that they do before they track prey, right? Yeah. Before they go on a hunt um, as it as it was. And, and really, 
it was, uh, you know, the first time we get to see what these guys are close up because the last time we saw a very staticky transmission of the Hirogen. Just on the view yeah, screen. Just on the view right? screen. It's very yeah. small. And then he gets zapped by the, the feedback mm-hmm. loop, whatever that Seven sends through uh, the relay and, and shocks him, right? Clearly, mm-hmm. he's still alive because I'm assuming this is that was tiny then, right? In that tiny screen. Yep. And then now this is tiny close up. So mm-hmm. we now we get to see the detail in the armor and, and also the alien full face makeup, you know, uh, that mm. was going on. I mean, it, it just, to me, one of the most impressive makeups and alien oh, yeah. wardrobe so far. Well, it was a real collaboration between the makeup department and the costume department. Yes. Because all of the suit would have to be sculpted as well. That's not That's something right. you could manufacture. So yeah. they would have to collaborate between makeup and costumes on that design. I thought it was, yeah, yeah super. And, and super clearly cool. it had to have been made from scratch because, you know, seven foot tall actors are, are not, <laughs> it's difficult to find stuff in the wardrobe department that's yeah. going to fit these guys. Can't just go out and buy a Herogen outfit. No. Have you ever seen a Herogen? <laughs> have you ever seen anyone do cosplay of a Herogen at a, at a con? convention? Yes. I'm, you have? I have. I have. Oh, that's cool. I, I would have. love to see that. Yeah, but not not often. It's rare. No, uh, that's yeah. a tough one. That's a tough one to do. That would be a super tough one. I oh, would yeah. love to see that. Mm-hmm. If anybody uh, out there knows someone that's cosplayed the Herogen, send a, a photo to our Facebook page or to our uh, our, our Twitter uh, or Instagram Twitter or whatever. Yeah, we would love. I would love to see someone cosplaying Ditto. a Herogen. That would be super cool. Yeah, so we go to the bridge next. Harry is very optimistic at this point. He is. Everybody else is kind of skeptical, Mm -hmm. skeptical, but he's like, I believe, I believe this is going to happen. Oh, his glass is half full all the way this entire time. And then Janeway pats his hand Mm -hmm. at the very end, you know, a little very, very sweet. Yeah, sweet. Mm -hmm. I noticed in this whole scene that David Livingston did something he did not often do, and that was shoot the shots that he lined up on very long lenses with a lot of heavy foreground railings and things sort of obscuring the frame. And David was known for his wide lenses real close. He'd put a fisheye lens up by your face. So for him to be shooting the bridge that way, I thought, wow, that's a real experiment for him. It is. And I like it. It was very cinematic. Uh, it, It reminded me of, like a more modern Trek show like Discovery or, or yeah. Picard or something. Those, yeah. those kind of compositions of a, of a shot where you've got foreground, mm-hmm. you know, obscuring things and you feel this kind of tension of the foreground yeah. and the background. I thought it was really great for him to start mixing up his techniques there. So Yeah, definitely creative and very effective. It did sort of mm-hmm. add to the tension, um, his selection mm-hmm. of shots there. And you're right, very atypical of your standard fisheye lens, <laughs> wide angle <laughs> lens that he always uses. Yeah, yeah. he didn't do he it. He still had some way. wide lenses. Like you've got a shot of Harry by the console and Chakotay and Janeway later on uh, when you're, you're working on the back console and it's a big wide lens up on your face and you yes. see the whole bridge. Yes. And I was like, that was you, a weird shot. We don't. You got one too. Do. You got one too yeah. when you were at the con uh, about your message from home, right? It was mm-hmm. right on your face. You could see yeah. your pores, the pores in your skin, practically. It was right on there. <laughs> you could see everything. Yeah. Uh, okay. So now we are in Astrometrics. Yeah. And the doctor is scolding Seven, 
And you notice that one over the shoulder shot where, where Bob is literally right on top. Again, very close in close proximity. Standing, yeah, yeah. Close standing acting again, right? Right behind seven. Yep. And the doctor starts having this inner monologue, which he's well, not really inner. He's talking about he's how- bragging about how all great, the risks. Oh my gosh. He's like, when just, we get back, I'm going to be hailed as a hero. <laughs> And I risked my life. And I love how you know, he thinks he's going to be a hero. And yeah. Seven's like, yeah, when you get back, you'll probably just be, your program will be erased and they'll update it. <laughs> she's, she's literally the reality check is what she, she is. Totally <laughs> she goes, the reality. Nah, your, problem's, your program is going to be deleted and upgraded. You won't mm-hmm. even, they won't even know who you are. Yeah. And all of a sudden <clears> the <throat> ship starts going through some shakes and, and yep. shutters and we flash back to the bridge gravimetric forces are being felt from the relay station, which is kind of crazy because it's two light years away. So it's like, wait a minute, how are we feeling this? And it's just, you know, it's just a little bizarre. They're not sure what's going on. We also detect a vessel and it's kind of just drifting in space and sensors Mm -hmm. pick up one dead humanoid alien, one deceased humanoid on that ship, which is consequently beamed over to sickbay and that's the next scene we're in sick bay mm-hmm. and we see the skin suit yeah we see it, this it, it looks like a halloween yeah <laughs> just oh. stick that thing right on yeah there you go i'm sure makeup made it out of some rubber foam or whatever yeah. the yeah. doctor says uh they performed a complete osteotomy this alien has been gutted Ugh, it's just disgusting and it this is. and seven says that the borg have seen these aliens seen this situation before yes they've seen Um, this osteotomy performed before mm -hmm. other aliens right Mm -hmm. and she says a species number she says yes it's because of species five one whatever and then i think someone says janeway says you know can you tell us about it and she says no we didn't it was irrelevant like we didn't we don't know anything so it's kind of a dead end with seven like she knows about Erogen sort of maybe, but not no details. But they're around. The you know, the the Borg have seen them around. Yeah. Um, and Janeway wants to return the body to the ship. She's got a lot of respect for this crewman who was it's not really a body, though. How, would you call it a body at this the point? The skin suit. The skin suit. The, yeah. She return the, return she said, the skin she said, suit. She should have said, Doctor, return the skin. Yeah. To the ship. It's pretty <laughs> the gross. Ship. Return it's pretty his skin gross. to that, a ship. It's just yeah. skin. That's it. There's nothing yeah. left. Nothing yeah. left. It is gross. Okay. Now we're on the bridge and we see the relay station on long mm-hmm. range sensors. Harry realizes that this relay station is 100,000 years old. Not 100. Yep. But a hundred thousand years old, yeah. Which it's just Means, crazy. What's crazy to me about that, though, is that so if this is the Herogens relay station and they yes. created this a hundred thousand years ago with yes. technology, that means for a hundred thousand years, these sort of primitive behaviors of war paint and hunting and yeah. osteotomies, like they're a pretty deeply primitive culture right. in a lot of ways too. They've right. held on. They've advanced technology in many ways, but a lot of sort of primitive behaviors are still held on to. I mean, the paint on the face does nothing except symbolic or spiritual or religious. It mm-hmm. does nothing to help them in a hunt. It's not yeah. a weapon or technology that's going to you know, give them an, uh, an advantage in any way. So the paint is just a ritual, a primitive ritual that's symbolic in some way. So I don't know. That's interesting. It was an interesting kind of 
yeah, the fact they've had this technology for a hundred thousand years and still haven't sort of evolved beyond these primitive behaviors, I thought was a really interesting. It is interesting. Kind of, and I, and I, bad guy. yeah. And I like you taking the role of Sherlock Holmes and doing a little bit of uh, detective work here because you're right. It has persisted for this long yeah. and it makes sense because the Herogen are not a species that would consider themselves a social type of species in terms no. of we're going to trade with people. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to, you know, establish a, a, uh, a relationship with this, this alien species yeah. and this alien species. These guys are loners. These guys are, 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 you know, hunters are hunters, yeah. but, but very much living a nomadic and loner lifestyle, right. Yeah. So away from everybody else. Yeah. And that's, that's how they like it. So it makes yeah. sense that even after a hundred thousand years, that these rituals still persist. But then the other question is, maybe, maybe 100,000 years ago, it was created by another alien species and mm. the Herogen are the ones that sort of just- Kind of took it over. Took, took it all over, these exactly. Yeah. Hunted, that's true. Maybe hunted them out of out of existence. You know what I'm saying? Maybe this, this species with the relay network was their favorite yeah. hunt and they just hunted every single one of them and they're gone. You know? Yeah. It's possible. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Harry also discovers that the station is, is using a quantum singularity, a black hole as a power source. Although it is a tiny one, about a centimeter in diameter, which produces almost four terawatts of energy. So a yes. lot of energy for a very tiny yes. black hole, but still it's dangerous. It's something that, mm -hmm. you know, you can't just bring any ship close to this you know, quantum singularity, you're going to be, you're going to be risking things. Uh, yep. Most, most noteworthy is, is the structural integrity of your ship is, is going to be something that you're going to be missing when, if you're too close. Yep. 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 Alrighty. And so they start to get, they get close enough and then the ship starts shaking and uh, these gravimetric changes are what's destabilizing the ship and we're, and the ship is, is really unstable and we're yep. risking hull integrity and all those things. And Chakotay says, you know what? Back off. We're getting too close. We got it. We just got to back off. And so yeah. Paris takes him back a little. Right. One thing I noticed in this, and it happens throughout the episode quite a bit, is the ship shakes. Uh, we used to do ship shakes two ways on the show, right? Either it was like a hit and the cameraman would just shake the camera with their hands. They'd physically mm -hmm. shake it. Or, And the other way that we did ship shakes, if they were long sustained, is they would attach a motor yeah. to, the, to the head of the... The, the camera or whatever, uh, just under the lens, or they'd attach it to the camera somehow. And this motor had an offset on it that would sort of vibrate. That's right. So the, and they could dial it up or down. So they could yeah. kind of dial it up and it would start shaking the camera and then they yeah. dial it down and they could change it, you know, up and down. Right. I definitely noticed on these shots that offset motor that they would use to sort of you know, shake the camera yeah. on a long, consistent thing. Yeah, that motor really gives it a uniform shaking. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's not all jerky and all over the place. It's you not like a crash or a hit. Yeah. Right. It's more, you know, ramping up like, yeah, shuddering. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, That's I noticed right. that and I thought yeah. that was uh thought it was interesting. And I and then it 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 seemed to track throughout that episode. They kept using that motor. Yeah. Which sometimes you could hear it. Do you remember that? Sometimes yeah, I do. you hear the you could I do of, remember that. It was a quiet electric motor, but you could you could hear it, mm -hmm. you know, if you're doing a scene that was kind mm -hmm. of quiet. Yeah. That's yeah. true. Now in Astrometrics, Janeway heads down there and she realizes 
as she starts to read little snippets of these uh, data messages that these are really letters from mm-hmm. home. These are letters from home. And, and so, it, you know, this, this kind of excitement starts to, to gather. So in the next scene, we see Neelix with Janeway. Mm-hmm. Janeway has made Neelix the official mail carrier. They walk outside <laughs> of Astrometrics into the oh, corridor I wish they outside. they made him a, a, like a postman's uniform. <laughs> With like the postman's bag. Oh, Neelix could have been a good postman. See, and that, that could have been, you could have replicated that 20th century vintage yeah. post. Yes, yeah, a vintage. I, oh. And handed it to Neelix as a gift, right? Yeah, but there Tom was Tom was playing cool with the, all these he, letters. <laughs> he really so was. So I don't know if he would have gotten it. He would have been like, <laughs> whatever, Neelix, make your own postman's uniform. <laughs> Um, well, after Neelix walks away, he's happy with mm-hmm. his new job. Janeway gets called back into the astrometrics area mm-hmm. with Seven, and Seven says, look, I found a, a latent data stream. It's buried under the message. It's mm-hmm. heavily encrypted. It includes maps. So now we're, we're getting very excited. It's like, what? Mm-hmm. Maps? I'm way back home. Yeah, and so it's not just personal messages yeah, it's just anymore. Personal. It's right. real important information we may need from uh, Starfleet. So Correct. Yep. Correct. And then there's a nice little character development scene for Seven of Nine when Janeway sort of, you know, you know, are are you, you know, how do you feel about all this? And she's like, well, I have no emotional resonance with this because Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, I've never been to Earth. And then Janeway brings up a very, very um, possible fact. And that would be, Mm -hmm. well, you might have family there, cousins, grandparents. So you might have more emotional resonance than you think. So mm-hmm. a nice little touching scene there with seven. Yeah, I thought it was really great for both of them. It was very well played, very, very nuanced and subtle. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so far in this episode, by the way, I think everybody's performances are really good. Yeah. Like, yeah. and again, I've said it before, but I love episodes where we're all involved, mm-hmm. where it's not just one character on an away right. mission or something. Right. And this is one of those episodes for me where everybody has an interesting. Yeah, we all have to mm-hmm. Everybody's invested. Yeah, We all got something to do. Go back to the bridge and Neelix brings the first letters in. And my first thought as he walked onto the bridge to hand off a few letters, I was like, why would he give out these letters at work in, where people are, could have horrible news or, or you know, very yeah. emotionally yeah. Uh, loaded news? And like, why would you just hand them out on the bridge? But, but so th- this question was answered a moment later because yeah. Chakotay looks at it and then he says, I'm going to go read this in private. Yeah. And he says, Tom, can you take the bridge? Yes, he like, does. <laughs> Look at me. Wait, wait, wait. When he says, shit. I'm going to go read this in private, when he says, this is from the person who mm-hmm. recruited me into the Maquis, did you think it was something nefarious? Did you think like, uh-oh, like this is some secret code stuff from the Maquis? Because that's I, what I, I first thought. I thought this is something like, you know, something dangerous. When he says that, to, when he says that, he didn't say that on the bridge, right? He says that later to... He just says it's from an old friend, I think, on the bridge. No, he says, this is from a person who recruited me into the Maquis. He says says that that. on the bridge? Yes, he does. And then he says, I better go read this in private. And then I was thinking, wow, well, that's interesting. So I thought it was something a little negative, right? Nefarious. Um, I didn't think that. I I got from his performance that it was about personal friendship things and not about any political or Maquis stuff. Right. Um, okay. Yeah. And then you get I the bridge. I also wrote that Harry is so sad. He didn't he is. get a. He didn't get a letter. Poor Harry. 
That didn't, I wrote down that that didn't even sound like my voice. The, the first part when I say, Neelix, wait a minute, that sounds like me. But the second part, aren't there any more? Sounded like voiceover <laughs> or someone else. <laughs> it it could have sound been. like me. No, yeah. it was definitely you, but it could yeah. have been looped in. There was a lot of looping in this episode, I noticed. I think Tony Todd did my line, that the second half. Of yeah, that's probably what, that's probably what I did. He was like, you know what? You're doing the Herojin. Why don't you do Harry's line too? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah okay, yeah, yeah. oh raise my voice a little higher to do Harry. Um, so now you get the bridge, but yet you don't sit in the captain's chair. I sit in Chakotay's chair. Why? I don't know. I noticed that. That confused me. I was like, wait it a minute. Confused. Well, I think because Chakotay was- He gave you the commands, command, so you felt like sitting and, in his chair? Yeah, I, I, I was I probably sat in his chair because I was directed to sit in there. Um, maybe it was for the shot. I might've been blocked by- uh neelix or whoever was in the foreground there maybe i don't know yeah, yeah. i'm gonna pick I the chair like that both... hasn't been set, sat in the one that's not warm <laughs> i want i like a cool chair i don't want a yeah, warm that's chair. true <laughs> i feel like both of those chairs though have have the same information okay you know what i mean like, so they're interchangeable you... right i in think era. so okay okay I, I think so that's fine now we jump to tuvok's quarters aka mm -hmm. club tuvok although it hasn't looked a lot like club tuvok lately it's just just quarters. No, but he's got a lot going on in those quarters. Always. He's got wall his, art. He's yeah. got plants. He's got he's got a desk with lots of buttons. I didn't have a desk with any buttons in my quarters. What? Okay, fine. So Club Tuvok is still happening. And yeah. he's completing his weekly tactical review. And Neelix mm -hmm. is so excited to bring Tuvok his letter. And he keeps saying, well, you're going to read it, right? And then Tuvok's like, yeah, maybe later. I need to complete this. And he's like, you got to be kidding me. You got to read this. And finally, yeah. he offers to read it to Tuvok. And we discover that Tuvok is now a grandpa. Because mm -hmm. he says, well, don't you want to read it now? It's really important from your family. And Tuvok turns around, Mr. Neelix, did you read my letter? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I just saw oh, just the first so few letters, just the first yeah. few lines. Yeah, that's it. That's so funny. It was very funny. Mm -hmm. I was actually expecting that famous scene that Ethan Phillips does in Wagons East, where he's <laughs> taking notes for a letter and he's trying to remember the whole thing. And I was like, as this as this moment happened, I was like, what if it was the reverse of that? What if he was like, Tuvok was like, Mr. Neelix, have you read my letter? Well, no, not much. Not just, much. Just the first line, you know. <laughs> Hello, Tuvok. It's your wife. And then, and then she says, uh, what did she say? She, and then he could just go on like he memorized the And then Tuvok the goes, letter. is that all you read? Well, uh, well hello, Tuvok. It's more. your wife and your kids are good. And he keeps going, well, it's the reverse of Wagon's East. Yeah. That's what I wanted very, to happen in that very moment. Funny. Very funny. I really did. But it could also work identical parallel to the movie if Tuvok decided to write back, right? And then no, that's uh, right. Neil, and Neelix <laughs> yeah. was like, ah, do you have a writing utensil? And Tuvok goes like, no, you have to. And he's like, oh, that's fine. And he starts going through the whole thing, just like he did in Wagon's East. Oh, I wish God. we could have. Oh, <laughs> I wonder if they thought about that. If, they, if, if Ethan had a moment where he was like, you know, oh, this is like that scene. It's a classic. Maybe. It's one of the funniest scenes ever it is. filmed. It's really It funny. is. Maybe it did cross his mind. Who knows? I know. Huh. I know. Okay. Anyway, he reads it. You're right. And Tuvok is a grandfather. Yeah. His son has gone through the Ponfar successfully. And yeah. now your grandfather. Yeah. Congratulations. And Tuvok still seems distracted with work. And Neelix leaves, gives him this news. And Tuvok goes back to work alone for a moment. 
and then he stops and he looks back at the pad mm. and he puts his work down and he gets the pad and sits down. I thought that was a really sweet moment. It's a good moment. Yeah, It was really nice for Tuvok to hmm? ha- kind of have this private moment where you see his vulnerability yeah. and his sensitivity. Yeah, there's uh, a lot of vulnerability in this episode. Mm-hmm. What else happens a lot in this episode is Harry says, yes, ma'am, a lot, a lot. in this one. He's yes, Believe ma'am, and me, left and right. I you did notice that. that, right? And you don't much say more. it so much, no, much more I, than, than Tom. I may say it once. I, I feel think like you said you it say one time. I said it four times, times, at least. Yeah, At least. Was... That's a trademarked uh, line there, by the way. Well, yeah. <laughs> do I owe you residuals on that now? Yes, oh, you do. God. That may or may not be part of my... Uh, fine. My reaction videos. I'm going to send you $4. I'm going to send you a dollar per yes, ma'am. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. I mean, there, come on. There's a t-shirt that says, yes, ma'am. I mean, how much more trademarks can it be? So you want retroactive residuals is what you're saying. You want it. Okay. Every time anyone says, yes, ma'am on Voyager. Yeah. I need a dollar. Yeah. Okay. That's maybe a little high. Yeah. So now we go to the bridge and uh, Janeway has a letter and she tells Tom to uh, stay on the bridge. She's going to go in her ready room to read a letter. And she goes in and sits down. And we have this very simple and very effective shot that just pushes in on Janeway as she starts to read. It does show the reverse though. Did you freeze it and try to read it? No. Uh-uh. Oh, I totally no. did. I totally you did? did. Yes. Oh, I'm sure it was nothing. You can, no, actually, you can make out the, the very towards the end. It says, um, however, I do need to relate some rather difficult news, dot, dot, dot. So they actually made it. It's, you know, it looks like it's just a bunch of gibberish, but I made yeah, out on, part of it. And, and for everybody to know on these pads, the prop pads, the little things that they would hand us, mm-hmm. they, were, they were just made out of wood. Yeah. And they had printed graphics on them. And, and most often it was just generic numbers and, and symbols and things like that. But every now and then for an insert, they do like what you're describing, Garrett, they'd print something out specific. Yes. If we were going to go close on it. Right. So yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. But I did love this moment because as we push in, she's kind of laughing, mm-hmm. you know, she's very happy to read the letter and she yeah. just feels so um, contented and, and excited to read this. And then you see her stop and you see sort of the news sort of landing on her. And yeah, I just thought Kate did a beautiful job yeah. of that moment. Yeah. And the simplicity that, that, you know, David Livingston shot it with was perfect. It was perfectly matched. Yeah. It, it, the, the, the tone of that scene was, was very effective. Mm-hmm. Um, you clearly could see that something was not right. And the life or the air just kind of just leaves the room, yeah. you know, and you can see that difference. Her face just turns dark and it's, it's a great scene. It really. Is. It's a great scene. And something occurs to me and I could be wrong, but as I'm remembering it, remembering watching it just now, I don't think there was a lot of music in that scene. I think no. it was pretty quiet. Yes. And that's unusual because usually if there's not characters talking, our, our composers and, and the producers would often just fill it with some kind of score mm-hmm. behind there. Yeah. And so you, you would think for a moment like this that you could easily have, they could have written this swelling music that was very dramatic and whatever. Yeah. But I think the fact that they didn't from my memory and I could, I, we just watched it. So I should remember this, but I, mm-hmm. I don't remember any music or if it was there, it was very 
minimal and it's and it just allowed Kate to play this moment very yeah. very authentically. I thought it was great. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And then we go to engineering. And in engineering, we're upstairs again, which uh, you know, the first thing I thought of is like, boy, David Livingston always had to pick the hardest places to shoot because you can't <laughs> get up there easily. Like you have to, I don't even remember how they got the equipment up there. It was like pulleys or I don't know. I don't know. I don't yeah, wait remember. a minute. You're right. I'm just trying to think about that. There was well, no, there was that little elevator, that little kind it was a of tiny like little one person elevator, yeah. but it was, you couldn't you fit know, a dolly on there. You no way. Dolly on there. No. You wouldn't be able to fit a lot of things on there. So it was very difficult to film on the mezzanine of the mezzanine level. Yes. And yeah. I, and I, as, as I watched it, I was like, okay, they are, she is going to lose her temper. So you kind of want that to be private, but yeah, but shooting it upstairs was hard. It just yeah. was slower. So uh, that was my first thought as we watched that. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, Chicote comes up to Bolana and he says, remember, is it, was it Spada? Uh, it's Sveta, like S-V-E-T-A, Sveta. Sveta. Yeah. yeah. Sveta. And he says, terrible, I have terrible news. Yeah. And, um, and he tells Bolana that the Maquis have been wiped out. That the Cardassians, yeah, yep, Cardassians mm. have an ally that they're from the Gamma Quadrant, and mm -hmm. they supplied them with weapons and ships. And Balana is just dumbfounded; she's so upset, and her Klingon comes out a bit here because she vows revenge. And yeah, she's yeah really emotional. I thought um, another good scene. Yeah, yeah it's great. Mm -hmm. I mean, the whole realization that your entire group of friends, uh, you know, your movement, your freedom movement is, is now nothing. I mean, there's a few people left alive, but they're all in prison. That's it. Right. Mm -hmm. It's, it's big news for sure. It's huge. And it was, it was really well played by both of them. Um, then we go to the mess hall, I think, yeah. uh, Harry's Harry approaches Tom and you and I have a nice little scene there. Yeah. I got to say, you, yeah. you are very good at eating on camera. You really are. <laughs> you are. You, you're a good on-camera eater because it's not easy. Because, you know, when you're eating and you have you lines, have to time it out and you got to right. time it to all time. properly. Yeah. And it's like, it, once you do coverage, then you got to remember, oh, well, wait a minute. Okay. And the master shot, I stuck this piece of food in my mouth right before I said this line. And now my close-up. Where do I, where do I do it? I mean, all this stuff has to be yeah. in your head and um, yeah, you did a good job with the food. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I was impressed. Yeah. I think uh, I like the concept of this scene that Harry is really excited Yeah, and Tom's playing like he could care less. He's talking about the food and you know, yeah. yeah. how did you like the chicken? And he's just avoiding basically Tom is yeah. pretending like he doesn't care. Right. But Harry is really, really excited. And Neelix walks into mess hall with a bunch of letters yeah. And Harry had told Tom a moment before he heard that there were maybe 30 more letters mm -hmm. and feels like this might be his batch. Yeah. And the letters get handed out. Nothing for Tom, nothing no. for Harry. No. And Harry goes over to Neelix and says, uh, you know, I heard that there were 30 letters. And Neelix is like, where'd you hear that? Yeah. And he, those are rumors. Yeah. 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 He said, well, that's what the word going around. No, that's rumors. Yeah. And, and this last exchange between Tom and Harry where, Tom says, you know, Harry, no hopes, no disappointments. Yeah. And Harry says, I'm not you. I'm not you. Yeah. This is, this is probably the, the harshest Tom and Harry interchange that we've had to this 
to this point in the show, mm -hmm. they're really, it's always been kind of rainbows and funniness and pulling jokes on each other. And then all of a sudden there's this, this, you know, Harry's clearly yeah. obsessed with getting this letter. Tom is clearly obsessed with avoiding any talk about oh, letters. Avoiding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're, you're, our, um, as actors, we talk about, you know, what's your motivation? And our motivations are diametrically opposite of each other mm -hmm. in this scene. Mm -hmm. And it ends in kind of not even a stalemate. It's sort of a dismissive tone that Harry gives to, to Tom. It's sort of like, you know what? I'm not you. Okay. I got to get mm -hmm. out of here. And I'm not going to go to your, you know, disconnected place. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm going to stay authentic. And yes, but I was still shocked that I even kind of put that tone out towards you, mm -hmm. you know, that Harry did that. Cause I, I don't recall filming that scene and seeing that I was like, Ooh, that's a little harsh. Um, yeah. But, I, I didn't recall filming that scene either, but I liked yeah. it a lot. I no, it was a great scene. We're really, yeah. really it was good. Great scene. It was, uh, yep. And the way, and the way that Livingston chose to shoot that too, you mm -hmm. know, so mm -hmm. it really, um, having me in the foreground and, and looking away and, and and you in the back kind of right behind me, but also looking away, you're, you're looking the other direction, you know, kind of yeah. eating your food. And it was well done. I, I yeah. liked it. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. After this, we go to the ready room and mm -hmm. seven comes in to talk to Janeway. Yeah. And seven asks, she says she wants to go shore up this containment field mm -hmm. that it's degrading and, and uh, we, we need to get closer and she's got a way to shore up this uh, containment field so we can keep getting these messages. Yeah. And Janeway says, well, I'm not accustomed to sending an away team of one. So right. take Tuvok with you. Right. And seven agrees and yeah. leaves. And you and you see Janeway for a moment after that she's still clearly shaken by she's, whatever was in this yeah. letter. Yeah. Yeah. Which is great because as an actress, she tracked it. You know, she mm -hmm. realized, okay, I'm still... I, I got my dear John letter and I need to keep that same life going inside of me mm -hmm. for every scene mm -hmm. after. And she definitely yep. does. And the whole suggestion of the shuttle was because a smaller craft can handle those gravimetric eddies better than Voyager, right? It's too mm -hmm. big. Mm -hmm. So that was the whole reason behind that. Um, then we jump to astrometrics and it's, it's Torres and Harry. Harry comes in, he's expecting to see seven, doesn't see her. He says, we're seven. And then, of course, Bellana starts teasing Harry about seven. You know, I can tell you're in love, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And Harry's, you know, he's really just bummed about no letter from home. That's that's his driving motivation in this scene. And also to just get Bellana to stop messing with him. And I love the change that Roxanne throws in there. I mean, Roxanne's yes. just teasing, teasing, teasing. And when then she realizes what the reason behind, what is the reason behind Harry's appearance in the astrometrics uh, um, lab. Mm -hmm. And it's all about that letter. She becomes quite empathetic, you know, mm -hmm. and she she really just switches her her tone entirely, which I thought was great what yeah. Roxanne did. Yeah. yeah, agreed. I thought it was really great. The yeah. one thing I thought was really important in the scene that we learned is Harry sort of admits at first, you know, she's an attractive woman. And at first I did think about seven of, you know, as, right. as a potential date or whatever, but mm -hmm. there's nothing between us. And he literally says, I'm over that now. I thought it was interesting because the writers wrote it, obviously. Yeah. You know? And so he says, he says he's over it. That's all. I thought that was, that was important to sort of hear Harry explain that and, and, and literally acknowledge it, you know, the stories that 
that we had already shot. So. Right. And it's interesting. Maybe this is the last time that you'll hear of this after uh, there may, there may be no talk after this. Yeah. Harry they may have wanted to put that behind him. Yeah. I mean, you know, there is another way to look at it of like, Harry's just covering. He's, I mean, just because he says, Oh yeah, I'm right. over that now. Yeah. doesn't mean he really is. People say things all the time that they don't yeah. mean. So that's true. That's so, true. but I, I think I felt like your performance of this in the context of everything, it felt like an authentic, he believed he was over it at this point. Okay. You know, I thought that was good. Yeah. Uh, we, we cut inside the shuttle. Seven asked Tuvok, are Vulcans capable of telling lies? Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was a fun exploration between these two, you know, brainiacs here. Well, and he goes, yes, but only under certain conditions. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know, what a roundabout way of getting to the point, right? Are Vulcans uh, liars or not? I mean, it's just like, just get to the point, Seven. And, mm-hmm. and it's so funny because now she's becoming more very human. Gradu- yes, very gradually, but she is becoming more human and less Borg. The Borg in her would say immediately, is it Starfleet pr- protocol for uh, one person to be assigned another person on an away mission? Is it always a two-person minimum? That would have been, the you know, the Borg Seven chatting to Tuvok but of course now that her humanity is reasserting itself now she's worried about Janeway and what she thinks of her right yeah they get close to this relay station yes and um, they admit a Polaron pulse to prevent further degradation that seems to be successful and then suddenly there's this big light and they're like what was that they say they were scanned by a subnucleonic beam they have lost communication They've lost engines, they've lost weapons, and there's a ship approaching. And, and navigation. And, and navigation. Just, yes. I want to rewind for a second. All of that stuff, right? Yes. Okay. Rewind I, first. Just rewind for just a quick second. Mm-hmm. Do you recall in the ready room when Seven approached Janeway saying, I need to go on a shuttle to get closer? Janeway assigned Chakotay for that away mission, but yet that's clearly not Chakotay in the shuttle. So I don't that's know if you made that. That's what I thought too. And yeah. then I, I rewound it and she said, Tuva, why did you and I both think that she assigned Chakotay? She didn't. What? Because I wrote it down. You rewound it later, back to, what Jay, to the yeah, scene in the ready room? Tuv- yeah, when Tuvok was in, I was like, wait, I wrote down Chakotay. And I looked and I wrote it down. And I was like, wait a minute, let me go back. Did I mishear this? And I did. She said, Tuvok. You and I both thought she assigned Chakotay, but she didn't. That's weird. We are experiencing the same glitch in the Matrix. You and I are yes. the same Matrix right now. I heard Chakotay 1,000%. I, I wrote too. that down. I said, why did Janeway assign Chakotay for the away mission? But then Tuvok is inside the shuttle. And you rewound it back to the ready room scene. The ready and she room scene, clearly says Tuvok? She says Tuvok. But I literally had to go what? delete and retype Tuvok. Because I had already typed Chicote in there. That's weird that we both heard that. Wow. Yeah. We're on the same page. That's crazy. <laughs> That's with crazy. our with our errors, we're on the same page. I we're hearing know. it. Yeah. Okay. That's really weird. All right. So now they're back in the shuttle interior. The shields are weakening. They're maneuvering towards the relay station because Tuvok thinks that the larger vessel will be affected by the gravimetric forces. This might be their way of getting away from them. But Mm -hmm. then a tractor beam hits them and Tuvok quickly launches a distress beacon. And then the tractor beam all of a sudden emits another beam of red light, which then causes them to lose unconsciousness. What was that? We don't even know what that was. I What'd call you it the sleep sleeping beam. That's the sleeping beam. <laughs> sleep beam. Sleep beam. I'm going to go back for two things. 
Yeah, go. So during this attack, yeah. we just heard Seven say, we've lost communication. That's right. We've lost navigation. We've yeah. lost engines. We've lost yeah. weapons. Yeah. But yet they keep pushing all these buttons. And when we cut to space, the shuttle <laughs> is flying closer. So did they? So they... <laughs> I don't know. Like she said, we got nothing. But clearly they had something because the shuttle's maybe it was on maybe it was on autopilot and autopilot uh, and navigation it just left. To float? And they just, I don't know. They, well, you know, an object in motion stays in motion if you're talking okay. about physics, right? So but they kept going. But then they say let's get closer. Yeah. It's just so that's it's a little, all, yeah, there's a, there's a little hole in the script here. Yes. There's that. And here's the other thing. During that's the, the battle, yeah. during the battle, uh, when they were first fighting this ship that's approached. Yeah. David Livingston went to these low angles. And two things I thought is, wow, when you get low like that, you need the star field. Because what we would do is we would film with um, stars on a on a solid black, like velvet cloth. cloth. Uh, curtain, curtain. Yeah. yeah, there would be little reflective stars on a black velvet curtain that would hang inside the windows. But if you got too low, you'd look up to the ceiling of the soundstage. You would see so the top of I was, it. Yeah. I was, yeah. So I was looking at this low angle and i'm thinking how did they get the star field up that would have been complicated and the second thing more importantly was i was like oh from this low angle you see these cool reflections in the window of the console yeah of the console and i, I like that was, actually well i liked it too until i went wait a minute there are no windows in ships it's a force field and force fields don't reflect like glass uh... like, like you wouldn't have a reflection of anything because it's just a force field. Yeah. A reflection would have to be a solid surface that have some reflective qualities of light. Uh. A force field would not have that. At first I was like, oh, that's cool. They're reflections of the consoles. Wait a minute. There aren't reflections in space windows. Yeah, but there has to be some. I mean, you're not going to manufacture a shuttle with no type of plexiglass of window you it's know you're super cool you're, believe me but and i've literally i gotta be honest we're four and a half seasons into the show <laughs> i've never thought of it before okay but there should not be reflections on force fields yeah so you know it, what i mean if it, i do know what you mean but i also feel that there is some type of window there and then there's shields on top of that on okay. that go over everything all right because i don't i don't see that thing coming off the the assembly line with just this, this windowless gap, which is, oh, of course, when your shields are on, it'll just cover it, you know, because if you lose shields, you're still going to have to have some type of protection from the, the exterior of space. Uh, okay. Cold, okay. Right? That's this is a I'm, good debate for the Matrix. What? Who would this is a the, very good who would, debate. For would, who do we, would Andre Bormanis know the answer? To Andre Bormanis <laughs> would know. Okay. Or Mike and Denise might know this. Or Mike and Denise would know this. Because they know all the ships, you know, and how or they're built. And... One of our listeners should probably also know this too. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. Are there, scientifically, would yeah. there be reflections in the Correct. windows of a Starfleet vessel? Correct. I'm going to, I'm going to go with a no. Technically, there should not be reflections okay. okay but it was a cool shot from david yeah, livingston this isn't the first time this has happened there's been reflections no. of people in I've the just windows never from of it before. the mess hall too yeah so i've seen that so yeah all right okay so um yeah and how are they flying because they just lost everything and now all of a sudden mm. they fly. anyway yeah i had a couple issues in that moment yeah, I but guess you uh did. but uh yeah after the sleep beam which I think is cool. I wish Starfleet would come up with our sleep beam. We could avoid all this violence and destruction if we could just like send over a little sleep beam. 
put him into a nap. Everybody just take a little nap and we'll feel better. So now that, now that makes me feel like instead of saying set phasers to stun, you're going to say set phasers to sleep. It's to sleep. Yeah. Just, just nap it off. Sleep it off. Yeah. Uh, we go to the bridge and uh, there's a calm call. Taurus says uh, she has some letters and she asked for Tom to come down. And he goes to Astrometrics. Yep. And he makes a joke at first. He, I think he knows the letter is probably coming. <laughs> he makes a joke and he says, maybe it's, you know, rehab sending a message that I violated probation. <laughs> yeah. And she doesn't really laugh. Yeah. He just wants to go back to work. And she says, yeah, I think this is for you. It's from an Admiral Owen. Do you know him? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah. Uh, my, that's my dad. That's my pappy. I loved when Paris says here, you know, the more everybody gets excited, the more I don't want to be any part of it because yeah. this is better than anything I ever had back yeah. there. Yeah. I love that line. I thought it was super cool. So much vulnerability in this scene. Really yeah, is. tons really of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Taurus says, give him a chance. And Tom says, it's not going to matter he's yeah. when, he ma- when he's made up his mind. Right. And then she reveals, well, you know, you're feeling sorry for yourself and all my friends are dead. And I was first mad and sad. And I'm trying to accept all this. Yeah. And, um, Which had you had sweet... no idea about. You didn't know anything about this. No. This and Tom goes over to hug her. Yeah. It's a very sweet scene. I did notice, I have to say, Rebecca actually pointed this out that Roxanne's forehead makeup is very white compared to the rest of her face. And it just didn't seem to match. In a few of the moments, it was just like, whoa, that forehead makeup piece is just not matching color-wise anything on her face. So Good um, catch by Rebecca. I also caught my catch was when you guys hug in this scene, if you look at Roxanne's fingers, some of the makeup that they put on her hand has worn off of her fingers. Actually. Oh, really? Yeah. So she has a darker part of her hand and a lighter part of her hand. I said, oh, mm. they didn't catch that one. And then earlier, I'm going to rewind back into that shuttle scene with, with Seven and Tuvok. Did you see there was some type of discoloration right over Seven's eyebrow um, implant where it's darker as if someone punched her there like it was bruised? And I was like, what is going on? So there's a couple of catches on makeup that I noticed. Um, I did not catch. Yeah, I didn't catch the whiteness of the the forehead, but I ca- I it was caught very different above the eyebrows, the color than palette, below, right? Than below, it yeah. Was a, it was a much darker change down below. Yeah. Well, it's a very sweet scene. I really loved what Roxanne did in this scene. I was very mm-hmm. happy with what I did, and I love what they wrote. So yeah, I thought that was, was a great, a really great scene, a really good scene for both characters for sure. Yeah. We go to uh, the ready room. Chakotay tells the captain that it looks like uh, Tuvok and Seven succeeded that the the field is stable and the letters should be coming in much more easily mm-hmm. and he kind of casually says you know we don't have the shuttle on sensors yet but they should be back soon and i was like dude you don't have the shuttle on sensors you've lost the shuttle like shouldn't that be a red alert <laughs> yeah they're just like they're not that far away the letters. <laughs> dude <laughs> you've lost the shuttle <laughs> I was like, okay, oh my gosh. Yeah. But then he brings up Mark's letter. And yeah, I now thought, we gotta t- even yeah. though our shuttle is lost, let's talk about let's the letter. Let's talk about what's important. <laughs> yeah. Mark's letter. Oh my God. Oh my goodness. I love what Jerry Taylor wrote um, when she, when Chakotay, uh, actually, Janeway says he, he married his co worker four months ago. And then Chakotay says, Well, how do you feel about that? And she pauses and she says, Well, 
I knew he would eventually move on with his life, but there was such a finality to that mm-hmm. letter. That that line right there, there was such a finality to that letter was really impactful, I felt. I was yeah. like, wow, this is quite poetic um, and yeah. moving at the same time. And that's when Harry interrupts with the call to Janeway, come to the bridge, we got some mm-hmm. issues. And Harry has picked up the distress signal from Tuvok mm-hmm. shuttle and sensors show that there is no one on board the shuttle. Yeah, Zippo. Maybe Chicote should have been thinking about that when he said <laughs> the we don't have the shuttle and sensors instead of talking about the letters. Maybe he should have focused on that. Oh my goodness. Anyway, now we go to the ship, and now, now is the we bones see in the net. Yeah, which I looks... kept thinking we saw those earlier, but well, no. what is the now... okay? No, but what have you where have you seen some, something similar to that though, Robbie, in know. filmed entertainment? What would you say? I don't know. I don't Predator. Know. Did you watch Predator? Oh, movie? yeah. Predator. Yeah. Predator. Sure. The interior of the Predator ship. Same thing. The netting, you know, bone, vertebrae, yeah, skull. And I and it was very imposing until it showed that one uh, scalp. Did you see that one little fluff of hair that was kind of oh, yeah. hanging from the thing? And I said, oh, that's too Halloween costumey wig-wise. Yeah. It got, that pulled me out a little bit. But the rest of the bones made me feel quite creepy quite eerie mm-hmm. quite like ooh, these guys these guys mean business right mm-hmm. they're not they're not playing around at all so and yeah. seven and tuvok are on the floor tied up they're restrained and the herogen arrive yeah and he was disappointed in the hunt he yeah. said he, yeah. uh there wasn't much of a fight and he wants information why did you violate our property and uh, they say just you know we're trying to get some communication from home and just let us grab that and we'll go yeah and he said nope i took you in a fair hunt i claim you he Mm -hmm. said Mm -hmm. i hope the others are stronger he says Mm -hmm. they'll make they'll make a better fight didn't he paint stuff on them in this scene does he paint something on them yeah Yeah, that's right that's what shows how he claims them them. yeah yeah i'm guessing maybe white or silver is his color right like they all all, each erosion has a hue you know that they have right yeah, maybe something like that. Mm-hmm. We do find out in the scene that another Herogen, a couple Herogen ships are approaching. Yeah. But he's focused on this Herogen, uh, Idrin, I guess is his name. Yes. He's like, no, this is the first of their kind, and I will be envied by everyone. Yes. Uh, I'm not sharing this prey. Right. And he he wants to collect the relics from them. This is mm-hmm. the torture and the skinning and all that stuff yeah. that he wants to do. Yeah. Kind of gross. It's 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 definitely probably the most well. Other, than, you know what? No, I would have to say the Herogen are not the most scary, eerie people. The first were really the um, Vidians. The Vidians were the creepiest oh, the Vidi- people. Yeah, Vidians were super right? creepy. Super I love creepy. the Vidians. But these so, guys are just like battle ready. And yeah, they're, that's they're true. Not, Where the Vidians uh, were, were, you know, a, a very advanced culture, you know, that, but that had to deal with this phage. They weren't really about going out and and you know gutting people uh, you know, yeah. th- that's yeah. not their that's not their mo but these yep. guys the herogen is very primal like you said hundred thousand mm-hmm. years worth of of primal urges that they just keep mm-hmm. acting on right yeah very very uh creepy in their own right yep. okay so janeway we tries to, to bargain yeah go ahead yeah we go to the bridge captain says return our people she tries to bargain he and he basically says you just better run. Like, I'm not giving yeah. your people back. Yeah. You better get out of here. Three more ships are coming. When my people show up, you're, you guys are toast. So I'm yeah. giving you a chance to save yourself, but I'm not giving yeah. you back your two. These are my 
relics yeah. or these are my, I've claimed these two for myself. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then we stay on the Herogen ship here and the two Herogen start to argue a bit. They're arguing yeah. over the relics and right. we see some of these tools that they're going to yeah. use. And we end this scene with them preparing to, I guess, you know, dissect, dissect uh, <laughs> seven. Yeah. And he says, I think his last line is something like their bone structure will make cutting through the back very difficult. This will take time. Yes. <laughs> which, which means it's going to be slow and painful is what it's going to be. Right. I kept thinking, do they get any type of, you know, anesthesia? Do you mm-hmm. think they? Do you think they even offer that to their their people? No, I don't think so. No, they just kind of do. Yeah. Okay. Um, we go back to the bridge. Uh, they're preparing for battle. She's strategizing. Um, She's strategizing. Yeah. What are we going to do? We, re- yeah. we realize that they have massive weapons that were outgunned. She says an anti-thoron burst with a low-level warp field may draw them in or you know change the gravitational pull in some way i, I literally wrote down effects. i don't get science is what i, I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> like really okay, so this- <laughs> what they're saying is the relay station has its own containment field which keeps the singularity in check right so mm-hmm. if you don't have a containment field the singularity will now suck in everything that's close by and okay. completely uh, uh just make everything disappear right so she's saying how can we boost the effects of the singularity how can how can we make it stronger to attract in these these ships that are coming towards us mm-hmm. and at the same time how do we protect voyager from getting sucked in so the low level warp field created around Voyager is to keep it sort of, you know, protected from oh, the singularity. That Thoron burst is to sort was, I think Harry recommended it. If we throw that, uh, that Thoron burst, it'll weaken the containment field, which will make the singularity or the black hole stronger to, to suck in to suck the Herogen vessels. Okay. Exactly. Right. Is I science better now? Sure. Yeah. Science okay, is better. I still don't get science, but <laughs> sure. And I also wrote Harry Yes Ma'am's Janeway about finding know, the right again, balance to beam. Yes. Again, he Yes Ma'am. Well, her. it just shows you that you rub off on me, right? Exactly. So that's it. Exactly. And you're my buddy. And I, how you speak, I start to Yes Ma'am. And yes, ma'am. I noticed that there's a couple that I did do an extra zhuzh. A little with, extra yeah, parish Extra zhuzh. parish zhuzh too. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, so Janeway's like, hey, um, you need to find the right balance to be able to beam because the concern is this: mm-hmm. if we create this low-level warp field around Voyager, it may be too high to beam Tuvok and Seven back, mm-hmm. and that's when Harry, uh, that's when Se- that's when Janeway looks at Harry and says, "Well, you better find the right balance." And that's when I go, <laughs> "Yes, ma'am," to right back. So there nice. you go. Okay. Uh, we cut over to the Herogen ship. Tuvok is in a bit of a fight with the Herogen guys. He's got some nice moves over there with the. He does, the but yeah, he slices out. his neck, but it does nothing then, to him. It does no, nothing. The guy to keeps him. fighting. It's just and and then somebody picks Tuvok up, and I same wondered, guy. same guy, same guy. I wondered if they put some uh, a wire on Tuvok because he was up in the air, kind of sideways, yeah, and then gets thrown. Yeah, that was tied. That was tiny. Tiny was the one that tiny was the one that was holding the the um, taxidermy tool, whatever you want to call yep. it, the the, the the scalpel, and then that's what Tuvok grabs it from him, slices him, and then goes to try to stab uh, uh, Beta Herogen, who's working on the you know the console there. The other, yeah, yeah, and that's when uh, Tiny grabs Tuvok, and you're right, there has to Cautious. be some type of. 
Yeah. Do you think he would have had enough power to pick up Tim like that and throw no him way. on his own? No way, right? No way. So It'd there's a harness. A wire. There's a wire and a harness that's underneath his uniform. And what mm -hmm. they would do is they would cut a little hole in the uh, in the uniform to, to, to kind of thread that wire through. Mm -hmm. And then um, on command, they would lift him up, lift him up and just jerk him, they move him around anywhere they want him. Right. With yep. that, that yep. harness in the wire. Yeah. I think yeah. they, I think Tim got to do a little wire work on that. Cause that yeah. was Tim floating up in the air. And then yep. the, the toss probably went to a stunt double, you know, jumping yeah. off a platform into the wall or something. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. But it was cool. Then we cut back and Balana is saying she's gotten as much as she thinks she's going to get. Right. The battle ensues. There are sparks on the bridge that I think were the biggest sparks I'd ever seen on our bridge. I, I thought that was pretty cool. And Janeway did warn them. Janeway warned those guys. She said, stop firing on us. If you do that, that containment field is going to be gone. And they, mm -hmm. they don't listen. And of course, one by one, they're all sucked into yeah, the, the relay hole. station gets sucked in. Um, the gravity well of the black holes just sucks them all in. I thought Chakotay's line, he said, we're losing this tug of war. That sounds like a Tom line. Like Tom's the yeah, one that always he's the one that science his, and yes. makes it like something any idiot can understand. We're losing this tug of war. We're losing this tug of war. That sounds like a Tom line, but Chicote said it. Whatever. Yeah. It's they're fine. mixing up lines. They're giving me the, the yes, ma'ams. They're giving. I know. Everybody's talking like the, the tug other, of war. The yeah. wrong person. We're talking like the wrong person. Now, so those guys all got sucked in. Voyager's now getting sucked in. I know. And it's looking bad, right? Yeah. And then suddenly Janeway says, open the antimatter injectors to 120%. Right. That was the final command. Everything else was like, reroute life support. That's not working. Reroute this. That's yeah. not working. Yeah. yeah. Antimatter and then injectors. Open the antimatter injectors 100, 120%. Yeah. And Harry says something like, uh, we could have a warp core. Warp core breach. Yeah. Breach. And we do it anyway. And that fixes it. And yeah. I'm like, I really don't get science now. <laughs> Oh, antimatter ejectors just to 120. No, not 125, not 119. No, no. 120 is 120. just right. I can figure that out in my little brain science. I think that I was, another it yes seemed a little too. easy. Yeah. I think you did. You, had a, did. you were like spouting off the uh, yes ma'am yes, and left and right. Oh my goodness. But that saves yeah. the day, right? Saves that the day because Janeway knows the exact percentage of yeah. antimatter injectors that will fix <laughs> a giant black hole that no one else seemed to be able to defend themselves. Clearly, Janeway has run tons of simulations about being sucked into a one centimeter black hole. I guess so. 120%. That's what she knew that off the top of her head and uh, she did. made the call. And anyway, I still don't understand science. Um, <laughs> astrometrics. Bolana says she's got everything. She delivers Harry his letters. Yes, yes, that's right. Yeah. And also she says that Harry should work on the decoding of the encrypted Starfleet message. And mm -hmm. that's when she leaves to deliver a personal message to Harry. And Harry is so happy that he got this message. But I, I kept mm -hmm. thinking he's not having any, like nothing is registering about Libby. Like, why isn't he going like, oh, is it from Libby or my, oh, it's from my parents. Like he's probably mm -hmm. expecting a message from his fiance as well, but there's no mention of her whatsoever in this. No, not at all in this episode. Nope. And then she goes down to your station. She goes down to Tom and she And you says, don't get your message. She says, Tom, I'm sorry, your letter didn't make it. But she says, uh, I'm going to choose to believe that he's proud of you and that he misses you. Yeah. And Paris takes a pause and goes, so will I. I will yeah. too. 
Yeah. And I think that's pretty, it's a nice moment because you see like his negativity, his pessimism, his sarcasm that is even, you know, played out has softened over the years Mm -hmm. on Voyager. Yeah. But this is a moment where with Balana and that relationship, you see him grow and change and learn to be positive and and look on the brighter side or the more Mm -hmm. positive side of life. Mm -hmm. I I love that moment. It's a very important character moment and relationship for those two. Yeah. We go into uh, Janeway's quarters and Tuvok is talking about the Herogen and downloading to her. They have no moral center, he says. And before you get to that, let's let's also make mention there is an exterior space shot and it's the captain's log supplemental. And she says, she starts talking about the last part of her line, which then leads into the shot of Tuvok walking in is... I've been eager to hear Tuvok's impressions of the species who took them hostage. And the first thing I thought of was Tuvok coming in, going, We're coming in to do yeah, impressions. Yeah. So, 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 Captain, they spoke like this. <laughs> he starts doing the impression of the Rogan, which is my first thought. But of that course, that, that wasn't it. Yeah, that would have been very funny. That would be in the comedy version. That's the Lower Decks version of it, basically. Exactly. Okay. All right. Continue. Um, yeah, Tuvok says these guys are really badasses. They're extremely dangerous. Mm-hmm. They have no moral center. No more at all. And then Tuvok leaves and Chakotay comes in and she offers him some coffee. And uh, he <laughs> says, two sh- uh, she goes, cream and sugar? He goes, two sugars. And she's like, oh, two sugars. Two sugars. And he says, uh, you know, uh, you boy, you drink a lot of that coffee. You've had three or four today. I think four. Well, he today, says you've been drinking too much. Is what he says. Too much. He's, yeah, you know, you've been drinking too much. Like three. She's like, no, four. So yeah, I love her line. She's a she says, yeah, she says, coffee, the finest organic suspension ever devised. <laughs> it got me through the worst of the last three years. I beat the Borg with it. She says. I want to make a uh, coffee mug that says, "I beat the Borg with this." this yeah. Yes. This coffee. This, this this mug can beat the board or something. <laughs> All right, yeah, we'll we'll work it out. We I think streamline that message. That would be I a funny. Beat message. the board with coffee. <laughs> um, but all those coffee shippers out there were pretty happy to hear these lines come out yes. of Janeway. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, Janeway says she's worried about the crew morale and that Neelix is throwing everybody a party. Yeah. And then she does confide in Chicote. She says that she got a Dear John letter. As hard as it is, she said, I feel like, um, you know, I was using it as a safety net. I don't have a safety net anymore. And he- A safety net, well, let's be precise. She said, I used Mark as a safety net to avoid becoming involved with someone else. Yep. Okay. Clearly. And And then what does he say? He says- you don't, because you don't have that net anymore. Is you what don't he said. have that safety net anymore. And I'm waiting for them to kiss, but it doesn't happen. I was too, but was then like, they get up the... to go to the party. And he he gives falls. her arm to her. Arm in arm. Come on, people. <laughs> what are they saying? They're saying no safety net. You don't have one. I got to meet other people. Yes. Let's go arm in arm to the I, party. Come on. I know. I, what a tease. It's sort of like, we're going to end the episode with this one scene and every JC shipper will watch this going. Yeah, yeah. Like I know. That, right. I know. I know. I'm so with sad. the JCs all the way. Yeah. I am totally with them. Uh, what would you rate this on a scale of one to 10? What would you I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to say Six point five is one. Whoa! I'm give this we're one. very different on this. Uh oh. Where are you? 
Nine. What? Nine no. out of ten. Why? Nine why? out of ten. Why? why? This is a good episode. Really? It's, I think this is good because it it involves absolutely everybody in the show, the entire cast. Okay. There is such an emotional foundation to this with all of the characters from right. Chicote mm-hmm. and the Maquis and Balan and the Maquis to Janeway and Mark to the Chicote. Janeway relationship to Harry's relationship with his family, okay. his optimism. I don't know. Okay. To you, me, you know what? Every right. relationship, bang, 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 bang. Okay. I now that I'm thinking about all the vulnerability that has been displayed, which we haven't really seen until now, I need to mm-hmm. I need to shoot that up. I'm gonna go to 7.5. So I'm gonna okay. add one point to it because okay. of the amount of vulnerability. Okay. Okay. I'll go with that one. I I, I think this was one of my favorite episodes. The Herogen are badasses like they're scary i think it's cool that we found somebody like them in the delta quadrant i think the makeup is phenomenal okay you know those shots of seven and tuvok standing with these giant creatures who are yeah. so intimidating mm-hmm. uh because tim russ is tall he's taller than me i'm i'm over six feet tim's taller than me but he was looking up to he the Herogen, and he was. so was seven yeah. And I just, I found everything about the concept and I thought the visual effects were great. I, I give this a nine out of 10. Wow. That's a high rating. I'm, I'm shocked. I'm not surprised, but I'm shocked. I, and so I feel like this season to me is the best season we've had so far. Oh, by and far. a lot of it by has far. to do with, you know, the seven of nine by far shift. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not just that it's no. like, no, we're, it's, we're, we're getting our legs underneath us. You performances know? are so good. They Writing are. is so good. The effects are. is so good. We've had a lot of great episodes. I give this, I give it a solid nine out of 10 for me. What about a lesson then? The theme is- for me was life goes on. Oh, that nice. Things are always changing. Things that are around us are changing. Things that we see are changing and things that we don't see. Are changing as well mm. change is the theme i like that yeah i what like about that you? a lot mine is uh, a little bit more dead on it is uh don't use other species technology without permission that's all <laughs> <laughs> that's fair that's fair, that's fair. they yeah. told us don't do it and <laughs> we did it anyway it, and we didn't even do it well you know what happened? Seven shocked that guy, right? So we didn't even get a chance to, to negotiate yeah. with him, really. So, um, yeah. yeah, you need to ask permission before using people's things. So, Agreed. Yeah, that's all. That was fun. All right. Yeah, it was fun. I enjoyed this episode as well. What is next week? Next week is Prey, which sounds like a continuation it of like Hunters. Another <laughs> erosion. Yes. Yes, it does. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Thank you so much for tuning in for all of our Patreon patrons. Please stay tuned for your bonus material. Bye, everybody. 